Ladies and gentlemen, in the red corner, hailing from the state of Nevada, representing the Steam and Wise Guys, it's the always feared Vegas Odds Maker! And in the blue corner, the crowd favorite from South Florida, Mark Winning Picks Lawrence! And now, let's get it on! Against the Spread Winning Picks with Mark Lawrence! Welcome back, everybody. This is Mark Lawrence along with Victor King, and we're set to go against the spread once again on this week's NFL and college football cards as we enter into the second half of the National Football League season for 2016. College football now in its final stretch drive month of November as the college football playoffs are looming. And with that, the playoff football polls are now also at hand, and they also become a hot controversy or a hot topic. We're going to talk about that. We'll preview our college football and NFL games of the week. Hop out to Las Vegas and check out the Vegas vibe from our good friend Andy Isco in Las Vegas. And wrapping it up, as we always do, Victor and I will share with you our top complimentary plays of the week this week and my awesome angle as well. That and a whole lot of this is set to come here on Mark Lawrence against the spread. And Victor, with that, we're fresh off the presidency last uh, – we do the show on Wednesday, I should say. And last night we elected a new president here, and it's going to be President Donald J. Trump, a big surprise to people, perhaps not to you, as far as something that you had mentioned in your playbook totals tip sheet this particular week. So kudos to you on that call, if you would let our listeners know what that's all about. Well, I did hear the crowd cheering at the beginning of our show. Maybe that was the reaction shot from Trump headquarters. (laughs) Seriously, uh, seriously, Mark, I think this is great news. Great news for late night talk shows, the Saturday Night Lives of the world, the entire world of comedy it looks like we're going to have some pretty good material for at least the next four years. But not getting into the specifics of partisan politics, what I thought was fascinating about the election was the merge of politics and betting. The results were astounding. You know, this campaign absolutely decimated all political betting records, and it shows what a popular subject betting politics really is. You know, those who took the original 150 to 1 odds on Trump, pulled off one of the biggest political betting coups of all time, if not an all-time betting period coup of all time. The second time in 16 years, the winner of the national popular vote lost the election. It happened three times back in the 1800s, but that was the case on Tuesday night. And uh, I mentioned that uh, in celebration of this event, This week's totals tip sheet had a selection or section in our all systems, our go area on the presidential election wagering. And I did throw out some of my best props that people may want to think about betting on Tuesday. The number one prop was actually a loser, and that was my uh, wager on the Democrats minus 180 in our home state of Florida. My logic being basically you had a large Spanish electorate, a cannabis prop on the ballot. Uh, a state that selected Clinton in the primary and a state that elected Obama in 2008 and 2012. And that was a loser. But I did throw out three more. So I ended up going three and one with the political props. And those props were Trump over 228 electoral votes, Republicans in North Carolina, and Republicans in our old state of Ohio. So our political props ended up going three and one. We're kind of pleased from a bankroll perspective there. And again, we may touch on the subject a little bit when we talk to Andy a little later on. 
But I do got one final note, Mark, that I want to pass off. There are already odds out there on whether President Trump will be successfully impeached before the end of 2020. And while one might think those odds are high, 50 to 1, 100 to 1, 200 to 1, they're already pretty short at 10 to 1 odds. Wow, 10 to 1 odds on that. I mean, that on the heels of him being 150 to 1 when he threw his hat in the ring to announce that he's going to run for presidency. So I guess a person could spread or hedge that. That would put themselves into a nice position taking some of those winnings and hedging it off that way. But it was a wild night, election night Tuesday in the United States, a stunning result to say the least. And congratulations to Donald Trump on a hard-fought campaign, Hillary Clinton the same way a hard-fought campaign. And all politics aside, we will move on to the world of college and pro football here. I just want to make one little small commentary that my only hope is that if he does indeed help America become great again, and I don't think it needs to be great again. I think it is already great. But if he ends up succeeding in doing just that, I hope he surrounds himself with as much as much intelligence as he possibly can and that much wherewithal to help carry out all of these campaign promises that he's done. We've seen so many times politicians that get into office that made all these promises that never carry for things forward and of whatnot. I think that might not be the case with him in this particular election. And if so, if he does just that, I think we're going to put a lot of smiles on a lot of people's faces here in the country. As I mentioned, we're talking about the world of college football here. The college football playoff polls came out for the second week this week. And Victor, perhaps no surprise this week. Uh, last week, a little bit of a surprise when Texas A&M crashed into the top four, a one-loss Texas A&M team. They felt the pressure of being there. They choked like dogs in their next football game. They lost the football game in convincing fashion. Now we find the top four undefeated teams in the world of the FBS college football in the top four rankings, Alabama, Clemson, Michigan, and Washington. There's only one other undefeated team in college football. That's Western Michigan, who started slow Tuesday night, but uh, got the job done to improve to 10-0. and 0. We won't see them in the college football playoffs, but they could find themselves playing in one of those Power Six games on New yeah. Year's Day as well if they continue their undefeated streak, playing some really good football right now. Uh, great job. Uh, I don't know if you caught Victor, the halftime talk in that football game uh, when they were struggling against Kent State in the contest. They fell behind 14 to nothing, but PGA Flecked a great halftime talk about bailing water out of the boats, just do it one bucket at a time, and inspired effort by him and the football team in the second half, and kudos to them for that. Any surprises on your part, Victor, in this week's polls here? I know that one-loss teams like Ohio State and Louisville uh, are pressing the pedal here to crash this party, and one of them likely will if they stay undefeated here. But beyond that, beyond the obvious, the Ohio State, the Louisville pressing that poll, is there a, a real, realistic chance that we could see a two-loss team crash the party this year? It kind of depends. Right now... A team like the Auburn Tigers, who I think have played a fantastic season at 7-2 and two and have rebounded. If they're a two-loss team, that basically means that they beat Alabama in the last regular season game of the season to remain a two-loss team. So uh, they do uh, are in the way of the Crimson Tide, who will finish the season with, what, three straight home games, Mississippi State, UT Chattanooga, and Auburn. And then, of course, the SEC Championship Auburn, Alabama, never a easy game between that in-state rivalry. So if it's Auburn going to be the two-loss team, it already means that they will have defeated Alabama and knocked them, of course, out of the top four. But another two-loss team, I would suggest maybe a team like Oklahoma, also a two-loss team. Now, they finished the season with three tough games, Baylor, 
this week. They got to go on the road against West Virginia, the one-loss team from the Big 12 Conference, and then finish the year with the in-state rivalry game against the Cowboys of Oklahoma State. So I would submit to you Auburn, perhaps Oklahoma, perhaps even Texas A&M comes back after that uh, tough loss last week and makes the top four. In terms of that top four, Mark, one can make a case that you know, Washington was uh, outside looking in last week and, of course, moved up to the top four with the A&M loss. But I think I could still make a case that Ohio State actually deserves to be in the top four. After all, they do have three top 20 wins this season against Wisconsin, against Oklahoma, against Nebraska. If you're a Buckeye fan, you can at least console yourself with the fact that they will be in the top four if they take care of business and defeat Michigan in their last regular season game. That would also probably be, Victor, a case against Louisville, given the fact that they've only beat one winning team this year. Have the mm-hmm. Cardinals, they're destroying everybody in front of them, but a lot of them are beatable teams, obviously, with only one win against a winning team. And in the same context, if I had to look at a two-loss team, like you mentioned, a great point about Auburn, if they take down Alabama, win the SEC, they could likely crash the party. So, too, I think you can make the case for Wisconsin, the Badgers, because if they end up winning their West Division and they take on Ohio State, a team to whom they lost in overtime earlier this year, and take the Buckeyes down, then suddenly they're the Big Ten champions yeah. with two losses and an Ohio State win on their resume. So, you know, I would say out of the, those groups, those two lost teams, Wisconsin, Auburn, most likely in the best seats to crash that particular party. You're tuned in to Mark Lawrence against the spread, the nation's most popular sports handicapping talk show. And with that, Victor, let's switch over to the National Football League side of things, where surprisingly, here we are at the midway point of the 2016 football season. And we look at the standings and what do we find? Only 12 of the 32 teams in the NFL this year own winning records. Talking about crashing a party with poor records, making the playoffs that way, that could well be the case in the NFL this year. Would you agree with that, Victor? That's wild that only 12 teams have winning records. You know, last week we talked about which of the sub-500 teams have a chance to make the playoffs. We both talked up the Arizona Cardinals. We both discussed the chances for the Cincinnati Bengals. But uh, how about that AFC North division? You could have the winner of that division be a 500 or less team. Right now, it's a tie between Pittsburgh and Baltimore at 4-4. Four and four. Cincinnati is a half game back at 3-4-1. and one. But right now, uh, from a one-loss perspective, that's the worst division in the NFL right now. So I'm interested to see how that plays out as we get into the final two months of the season. But the AFC North is a kind of wild place right now. And what's the best division in the NFL? How about the AFC West? Oakland 7-2, KC 6-2, Denver 6-3. San Diego's only one game under 500 at 4-5. and five. That's your best division in the NFL right now. Right now it is the AFC West humming along San Diego. You mentioned four and five, but playing their best football of the season right now. They really come on after losing some close call football games to start the football season. They're in just about every game they play are the Chargers this season here. They're going to host the Miami Dolphins Sunday to see if they can't get back to level or even 500 football this season here. And one more note in closing before we wrap up the NFL segment here, our good friend Steve Crabb, the Texas Tornado, 
nominates his most embarrassed football team each week. And the most embarrassed team on the football card this week, going up and down the card, I think you might say might be the defending Super Bowl champion Denver Broncos, who take the field off back-to-back losses. They were really, or I shouldn't say back-to-back losses, off the loss against Oakland, a game in which they were really thoroughly outplayed in the contest here. Only 33 rushing yards for the Denver Broncos here. And I think the most embarrassing part about that loss is the fact that they're now going to take on New Orleans and they're underdogs to the New Orleans Saints this particular week. It's in the past. I think if this game had been played before the season started, you would have seen Denver would have likely been at least a three-point favorite in this football game. And hence, and lo and behold, they're a two-point dog because of what's been happening of late. The combination of Denver's lethargic play offensively and New Orleans-inspired play here. So we'll nominate the Denver Broncos for the most embarrassed team this week and the one team that might have a chip on its shoulder this week. Another uh, observation by the Texas Tornado might be the Seattle Seahawks. If you take a look about them and the revenge aspect they have from the Super Bowl, we're going to talk about that. That's going to be our featured NFL Game of the Week when we break that down a little bit later on in the show. Don't you go away when Victor and I come back. We're going to tear down our college football game of the week. It's the battle in Seattle between the Trojans and the Huskies, USC and Washington. That and a whole lot more to come here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. Attention all serious football fans. If you follow the best football newsletters in the nation, now you can get them all at the all-new Playbook Newsletter Superstore. One visit allows you to download the best publications in the nation, including The Gold Sheet, Victor King's NFL Totals Tip Sheet, PointWise, Sports Reporter, The Playbook, Power Sweep, The Logical Approach, The Green Sheet, and The Gridiron Gold Sheet. Check it out now at PlaybookSuperstore.com or download your weekly newsletters on the all-new Playbook Cube. That's every major football newsletter on the market today. Now available at PlaybookSuperstore.com. Think you know sports? Let's find out how many times do you predict the next play during a game. Now you can prove it to your friends and earn prizes in the process with the exciting new interactive sports app, FireFan. Get in the game now with a free download at FireFan.com. Use the promo code PlaybookFire. It's fun, it's social, it's competitive, it's interactive, it's free, and it's going to change the way you approach game day at FireFan.com. Play by yourself, form a league, do live chats, and get in the game today at FireFan.com. Get a free download now by entering the code PlaybookFire. That code again is PlaybookFire. And join the army of fans that have found a better way to play. Ignite your passion for sports today. Enter the promo code PlaybookFire. Now at FireFan.com. Welcome back, everybody. This is Mark Lawrence along with Victor King, and we're going against the spread on this week's college and pro football cards. It's time right now for our college football game of the week. We dubbed it the Battle in Seattle when the Southern Cal Trojans take on the Washington Huskies in a big battle in the Pac-10 this week. Victor, how do you see this showdown between USC and Washington shaking out on Saturday? At last look, Washington was about a nine-point favorite in this game. The over-under line opened at 61.5. It's up to about 63 as we record the show here on Wednesday morning. A little bit of over-action and You've got a strong over team in Washington taking on a very good under team in USC. 
The Huskies, of course, in addition to being one of those uh, five unbeaten teams in college football, eight and one over under on the season as well. Eight of their nine games have indeed gone over the total average line, 58 and a half average score in Husky games, 65.3. So they're going over by more than a touchdown, plus 7.8 points per game. Meanwhile, USC has been a strong under team on the season, two and seven overall. That's two over seven unders for the Trojans. Average line, 60 points a game. Average score, 55.5. So they're going under by about four and a half points per game. And in fact, they do come into this week's big, big contest up in Seattle on a five-game under streak. But I will point out that in that five-game under streak, USC has scored 41 or more points in five of their last six games. They're doing it a little bit on defense in regards to the totals. It's been a low-scoring series as well, Mark, the last three meetings between these two have all gone under the total and by a big, big margin of 17.8 points per game. Going back to the last eight meetings, there's only been one over, six unders, and a tie with the average game going under by 10.5 points per game. We got some good offenses from a statistical standpoint on paper, that's for sure. Number 31 offense at 475 yards per game for the Trojans. Number 18 offense at 499 yards per game for the Huskies. What I like about this one and why I'm leaning over a little bit is the fact that we got a dynamic quarterback matchup. You know, Helton from USC, he made a great call when he benched Max Brown and he gave the starting job to Sam Darnold, the redshirt freshman. He's been amazing for the Trojans so far. Now, his performance against Oregon, not so great last week, but solid nevertheless. And, of course, on the flip side, you got Jake Browning from Washington. He's been unbelievable all season long. That continued in their win, of course, last week against the Golden Bears, in which he completed 19 for 28 for 378 and get this six touchdowns as well. I think we got ourselves the potential to have a real shootout this week. The implied score in the game based on the point spread and the over-under line is Washington 36 to 27. I think we're more in the, say, 37 to 31 range. Uh, Get used to seeing the matchup because it's going to be a real shootout next season as well when both quarterbacks return for what is likely to be their last college season. They'll both be eligible for the draft after next year. So we got a potential shootout up there in Seattle, and anything under 64 points, I'm going to I'm going to uh, anticipate a pretty high-scoring game in which the total gets into the high 60s mark. Victor liked a well-lit scoreboard in the Southern Cal Washington showdown between these two Pac-12 powers this Saturday, and as Victor mentioned here, good quarterback play by both teams. The freshman quarterback Sam Darnold. Jake Browning now in the Heisman Trophy running here for Washington, and he could well end up being in New York for that Heisman Trophy presentation should the wheels not fall off for the Washington Huskies from this point moving forward. On the Southern Cal side of things, they come out of the South Division in the Pac-12 Conference, and it's a shame because if Southern Cal hadn't gotten off to this slow start this football season here, that 1-3 and three rocky start that they had, uh, this could have been a, a potential showdown for the two division leaders in Southern Cal and Washington, but because of that one and three start. Southern Cal enters this game playing their best ball of the season here. They've won five games in a row since then. In fact, they've outstanded six straight opponents in doing just that. So no question, Southern Cal is playing their best 
football of the season right now. They also love playing, for whatever reason, game 10 of the football season. The last 15 years, Southern Cal, 14-1, and one, straight up 11-4 and four to the spread game 10s of the season here. And they do have a chip on their shoulder. They're playing with revenge from a home loss last year to the Huskies when they were 17-point favorites, and they got beat 17-12. to 12, So some motivation here for Southern Cal in this football game. For the Washington Huskies, the team that we mentioned just powered their way into the top four in the college football playoffs, the current rankings here right now. Here's a football team that's won 11 straight regular season games in a row coming into this contest here. Game 10s, however, have not been good for the Washington Huskies in the last 10 years. They're just 2-8 and eight straight up and against the spread. In fact, 0-6 in these games when they're taking on winning teams. Also, a little bit of a tricky, tough hurdle here for Washington. Keep an eye on the line in this football game because it makes if it makes nine, Washington minus nine, they're just three and 16 to the spread as a conference home favorite of nine or more points. The strength of this team is not so much their offense, which it almost always is known to be because they do put up the points against other everybody they play, but their defense has held three of their last five opponents to season-low yards. The bottom line to me in this contest here is if you take a look at talking about defense here, the sneaky defense of Southern Cal is beginning to assert itself. And I say that because if you look at their last football game when they played Oregon, they held the Ducks to 288 yards in that contest. Why is that significant, you ask? Simple, because in the last 54 games, Oregon has been held to less than 400 yards only one time, and that was last week. That's the first time in 54 games Oregon did not put up 400 yards of total offense in a football game. And in fact, if you go back further, you got to go 89 games in a row back to find the last time they were held to less than 300 yards in a contest. So it's the Southern Cal defense that's beginning to assert itself. You couple that with the fact that the last eight times Southern Cal has taken on an undefeated team, they've won and covered six of those eight football games. I think the points are the plus in this game. I'll play Southern Cal for my side in this big showdown battle in Seattle on Saturday. You're tuned in to Mark Lawrence against the spread, the nation's most popular sports handicapping talk show. When Victor and I come back, we're going to tear down our NFL game of the week. Every bit as good as the Southern Cal Washington game. When we shake down the Seattle New England football game Sunday night, that and a whole lot more right around the corner here on Mark Lawrence against the spread. you know sports let's find out how many times do you predict the next play during a game now you can prove it to your friends and earn prizes in the process with the exciting new interactive sports app firefan get in the game now with a free download at firefan.com use the promo code playbook king it's fun it's social it's competitive it's interactive it's free and it's going to change the way you approach game day at firefan.com play by yourself form a league do live chats and get in the game today at firefan.com get a free download now by entering the code playbook king that code again is playbook king and join the army of fans that have found a better way to play. Ignite your passion for sports today. Enter the promo code Playbook King now at FireFan.com. Hey, sports fans! Football season is here, and it's time to get in on the action. 
MyBookie.ag is an industry-leading website that offers odds and action on your favorite games. Take advantage of the MyBookie specials before they're gone. Call toll-free at 1-844-900-2387 or visit us online at mybookie.ag to open an account. Pull out your smartphone to sign up with our user-friendly mobile site for on-the-go action. What are you waiting for? Come join mybookie.ag today. Call toll-free at 844-900-2387 or go online to mybookie.ag to open an account and start winning today. Only the biggest, only the best, only at mybookie.ag. Sign up today. All right, guys, let's get to it. This is Mark Lawrence along with Victor King going against the spread. It's time for our National Football League Game of the Week on tap. As I mentioned, we're going to go to the Sunday night showdown game between Seattle and New England, a beauty on tap this Sunday night between the Patriots and the Seahawks. Victor, your take on this big football game this Sunday night. Well, of course, Seattle just played on Monday. New England comes in with a week of rest. They're favored by what, a touchdown. There's some seven and a halves out there in terms of the Patriots as well. The over-under line for the game opened at uh, 48 and a half. And again, as we record the show here on Wednesday morning, it's gone up a half point to the number of 49. My first impression was we do have a potential shootout here. After all, we are talking about a series that's gone a perfect 4-0 and in the last four meetings. And, of course, that does include the Super Bowl game there played in early 2015 in which the score was 28 for New England and 24 for Seattle. So four straight overs in this series. Seattle 4-4 four and four over under there on the air. The Patriots surprising 3-5, and five, only three overs and five unders on the season. Why my first impression was on a potential shootout was the fact that, uh, number one, it's a reduced rest week for Seattle and this is normally a pretty favorable, high-scoring situation when a team plays a Monday night home game and then has to travel on the road, reduced rest in their next game. That is the case, of course, for Seattle. Not to mention the fact that this is one of those west-to-east games. A west time zone team travels east, crosses over three time zones, and that can uh, play heck on your biological clock uh, for these teams and in a lot of cases, these games tend to be a little bit higher scoring than normal. So from a situational standpoint, we do have a potential high scoring game here. The thing that uh, puts the red flag in front of me a little bit is the fact that we have two very good scoring defenses in this game. When was the last time that the Patriots actually had a better scoring defense than Seattle? Seattle, number three allowing only 16.7 points per game on the season. But how about the Patriots? They're the number two scoring defense in the year. They've only allowed 16.5 points per game. So it's rare that New England comes into the game with the better scoring defense. So, again, that does put a little bit of a yellow caution light in front of me. I'm going to lean over right now. We're going to do a little bit more handicapping later on in the week and have a definitive play in the game. But right now at the current number of 49 we could very well see a score in the low 50s, 51, maybe 52 points. Not a lot of value based on that 49, but that's the way we're going to lean right now, Mark. 
Victor's leaning over the total in the Seattle-New England Sunday night showdown game. This football game, obviously, as we mentioned here, a potential chip on the shoulder side to the Seattle Seahawks because it was when Pete Carroll developed that brain fart in Super Bowl two years ago and lost the football game when he decided that Marshawn Lynch wasn't worthy of carrying the football into the end zone. He had to pass it. They lost the football game, so big revenge factor here for Seattle coming into this contest here. They're off, in off a football game here in their last game, though, that throws up a little bit of a red flag. If you take a look at that went over Buffalo, they were outstanded 147 yards in the contest were the Seattle Seahawks, and they're having problems running the football this year. Russell Wilson with only 54 total rushing yards this season. As you talked about it earlier, maybe in previous shows, I know in the newsletter we hit on the fact that in his first four years, Russell Wilson rushed for 2,430 yards. He's got just 54 on the season this year, hence the reason the Seattle offense cannot get on track. What Russell Wilson does exceptionally well, though, is perform as an underdog in his career in the NFL. He's 12-3-1 to the spread when the Seahawks are taking points and he's behind center, including 8-1-1 to the spread when his team is off a win. They do bring in a tough defense, as Victor mentioned here, that rock solid Scoring defense number three in the nation, or in, I should say in the league this year, taking on Tom Brady and the New England Patriots. They've gone a perfect 4-0, have the Pats, since Tom Brady came back off of that deflate gate suspension. They're a team on a mission right now, and as Victor says also, playing with a week of rest to get ready for this football game. That bodes well for New England. You consider this, that NFL teams playing with a week of rest that scored 36 or more points in their previous game are 34-5 and five straight up, 24-12-3 to the spread. That's a pretty powerful number here for this New England football team who is now 29-3 straight up their last 32 football games. The bottom line to me, however, is the value and the quality of the dog in this game. You're talking about not only Seattle being an underdog in the contest, but a seven-point underdog in this contest here. you got Russell Wilson here, who's 8-2 straight up and against the spread in his career in regular season games against Super Bowl-winning quarterbacks. You couple that with that Super Bowl revenge I mentioned earlier on, I'll have to take Seattle plus the seven in this football game for my side in that big Sunday night football showdown. You're tuned in to Mark Lawrence Against the Spread, the nation's most popular sports handicapping talk show. And it's time once again for one of our favorite segments on the show as we visit Las Vegas to check in with our good friend Andy Isco from TheLogicalApproach.com. Andy, how's everything going for you in Vegas this election week during the football season? Well, uh, I guess I can report that uh, I am in the one city that had its newspaper endorse Donald Trump for president. So the Las Vegas <laughs> Review Journal... <laughs> Got it correct, surprising the nation and stunning the world, and perhaps that's an indication that maybe some very surprising things will happen uh, this coming weekend. That was a stunner, to say the least. Not only Donald Trump winning the election in the manner in which he did, but the Las Vegas Review-Journal endorsing Donald Trump along the way. I guess if, it, if you could find one newspaper in the country that did it, it would probably be in Las Vegas, and it was just that the case here. And I know when Victor wants to get on board with you with the question here, he's going to hit a little bit on that as well. Andy, uh, we're into now the second half of the National Football League season here, and as we mentioned earlier on in the show, surprisingly, there's only 12 teams with winning records in the National Football League right now as we speak during, during the show here, heading into this week of the National Football League. Hence, that means a lot 
lot of teams have been disappointed in the NFL this year. How has that played out in Las Vegas as far as there only being 12 winning teams right now? That means there's a lot of teams that have lost in the roles of favorites. All in all, your take, Andy, on whether it's been a good or a bad year for the sports books in Vegas. Well, generally, it's been a profitable year, although the last few weeks have seen some of those profits being eaten away as a result of the public honing in on those very successful teams. It seems as though they can't get enough people to stop betting on the Dallas Cowboys each week. The uh, New England Patriots each week continue to be a very popular team as far as the betting uh, is concerned and betting against Cleveland and San Francisco. And of course, last week you had a matchup of Dallas and San Francisco. Dallas, another team that the public has taken to. So uh, barring a turnaround in the success of those uh, three teams, New England, uh, Dallas, and um, uh, the other one that I mentioned, uh, or the decline in Cleveland and San Francisco, a turnaround in their fates, uh, we may see more of the same. Now, the thing that's been unusual is that we've had only nine games this year in which the point spread has mattered. In other words, where the favored team has won but failed to cover. That's almost a historic low, at least going back more than a quarter of a century, as I have in my research, as far as it being less than half of what the normal percentage is. Usually, it's about 16 or 17 percent uh, of the games in which the favored wins and fails to cover. And it's a combination of two things. Number one, we've seen lower point spreads overall this year than we have in recent years. And number two, as a result, we've seen a lot of these teams that win by three, four points covering spreads of one and a half or two. So I think that right now, that's the big takeaway in the uh, in the NFL betting. Wendy, that's a great observation on your part because uh, I myself personally have struggled in the NFL this year. I'm having a really disappointing NFL season after having really rocked it, if you will, the last eight years in the NFL. And it's been really, really tough going for me personally, scratching my head, wondering what I'm doing different, looking back and, you know, getting different horseshoes out, whatever the case might end up having to be. But I think you nailed it right on the head when you talk about favorites in the NFL this year that are winning games and covering spreads as opposed to those that win games and don't cover spreads. That little margin of error that there. Winning and not covering is huge when you're handicapping, especially if you like underdogs in football games, because they can either win the game, you can cash, or they could lose the game and you can still cash. It's that middle observation that's not happening in the NFL this year, as these favorites are winning games convincingly this football season. We're visiting with Andy Isco from TheLogicalApproach.com in Las Vegas to find out the Vegas vibe and what's going on in Las Vegas as we head into the NFL and college football cards this weekend. And Andy, as we always do we like to check in with you on what's going on in the Westgate Superbook contest here? I know we're uh, entering the second half of the NFL season here. How's things shaking out in the Superbook thus far this year? Well, we've had a little bit of regression to the mean, if you will, at the top of the leaderboard. As far as the leader in the contest was concerned, uh, when we talked last week, uh, the leader had a record of 39 and 1, or 30 and a half points. Well, that leader. Uh, had a, a poor week this week, uh, this past week. He went one and four. So he, stand, he stands now at 31, 13, and one, 31 and a half points out of a possible 45. And three other contestants have therefore been able to catch him. So we've got four leaders currently at 31 and a half points, a half point ahead of another individual at 31, 
There are three at 30 and a half. And right now, to be in paying position, 28 points or a three and a half point gap behind the leader is what it takes as far as the top 50 and ties are concerned. So after a tremendous success for the first eight weeks, the leader finally gave an ability or gave us some room for uh, those behind him to catch him. Three individuals did take advantage of that. And so we're looking now at a contest that is uh, coming down a little bit more along the lines. We saw that the leader last week, I think I had mentioned, was right around 80%. That's now a little bit below that. We're now looking at uh, a record in the uh, mid-70s, and it wouldn't be unusual to see if that drops steadily over the course of the uh, remainder of the second half of the season. Andy, it sounds like, uh, you know, like you call it regression to the mean or an averaging here between what's happened the last couple of years in the contest where the leaders have had almost record-setting performances. We're not seeing that this year. And do you feel that a little bit of that can be attributed to what you just mentioned about these favorites winning uh, football games and covering, or has it just been a tough year overall handicapping the NFL as far as the Superbook is concerned? No, I think a lot of it has to do with the uh, with with the favorites winning and covering because they're not being asked to lay as many points that they have in the past, and I'll just update on the consensus. Last week, I mentioned that we uh, finally had uh, back-to-back winning weeks by the consensus. They were 3-2 and two in week 7 and 8. Well, last week, week 9, 1-3-1, and one. so for the year, the consensus, 20 28 and 2. And again, I think it comes from over the last few years, uh, the public and the contestants have started to back underdogs considerably. Now, underdogs have had great success winning straight up, but some of those underdogs in that five to six point range, uh, as we've seen recently, have not been able to cover and they've lost outright. So just it's just another way of saying that underdogs have not performed in the point ranges that they've typically performed well in where uh, you're asking them to cover. Well, they're not only not covering, they're losing the game outright. As a result, it's been a, uh, uh, a marketplace this year in the contest where favorites have done fairly well. We're visiting with Andy Isco from TheLogicalApproach.com. And you can tell Andy does a great job breaking things down statistically as a great football handicapper. And if he wasn't a great handicapper breaking things down stat-wise, we call him Dr. Andy Isco because he, <laughs> he looks inside these numbers and he can really see these patterns and trends that are developing here right now. And before I hand it off to uh, Victor Andy here, a quick observation, if you will, on the NFL Superbook early lines that were sent out last week for week 10 of the football season here. It seems like there's a, a line or two that's been some a major move that's noteworthy. A couple of them were interesting. The Houston Texans at Jacksonville, of course, Houston on the bye last week, and Jacksonville, a statistically dominant but losing effort at Kansas City. Last week, uh, the Houston Texans were uh, two-point road favorites at Jacksonville, but apparently the uh, guys at the uh, Westgate gave some respect to Jacksonville in that losing effort as this game opened Sunday afternoon with Houston and Jacksonville at Pickham, but it didn't take very long for the money to come in on Houston. Not quite up to the minus two yet, but we're seeing ones and one and a half, so the public, or at least the betting public initially on this game, uh, somewhat downplaying the statistical significance of Jacksonville's effort last week, still a losing effort. Denver at New Orleans. Denver was a one-point road favorite heading into uh, the weekend. Uh, the weekend results saw Denver lose uh, somewhat badly, 30-20 to 20 at Oakland in the game they trailed all the way Sunday night. Meanwhile, New Orleans did what they were expected to do, an impressive win over weak San Francisco. As a result, rather than Denver as a one-point favorite, the line came out with the New Orleans Saints a one-point home favorite. That's been uh, bet up to two. Atlanta at Philadelphia, another surprising uh, uh, result uh, that 
saw the game open where it was last week with Philadelphia at two and a half following the respective results of those uh, two games last week, Atlanta uh, with their success, Philadelphia with their tough loss at New York. However, the money has come in, and that game is now down to a pick 'em. Washington was on a bye last week. Minnesota lost the third straight game. Last week, Washington was still expected to be a one-point favorite. Yet when the Lions came out on Sunday, the Washington Redskins opened as two-and-a-half-point home favorites since bed up to three. We saw a little bit of a disenchantment with the Green Bay Packers, who were expected to be two-and-a-half-point road favorites last week when they were scheduled to play Tennessee. Uh, the results of this past weekend, Tennessee with a competitive but losing effort at San Diego, and Green Bay stunned at home by the Indianapolis Colts. That line opened with Green Bay now just a one-point road favorite, but the public has uh, sort of disregarded that result. Green Bay back up to where they were last week, minus two and a half. And the final one will be the Arizona Cardinals hosting San Francisco. Of course, uh, Arizona coming off of uh, uh, their week last week, San Francisco losing uh, badly uh, at home to New Orleans. Arizona was an 11-point home favorite uh, going into uh, last week's action. Uh, they came out as a 12-and-a-half-point home favorite. Again, a negative adjustment for the uh, San Francisco 49ers. That was bet up another point to 13-and-a-half, and it wouldn't be a surprise if that one hits 14 points before kickoff. A quick review of the numbers and the adjustments being made at the Superbook Contest in Las Vegas from Andy Isco at TheLogicalApproach.com. I encourage our listeners out there to download a copy of Andy's newsletter this week. You can do so online at TheLogicalApproach.com. Or pick up a copy at the PlaybookSuperstore.com website as well. Victor, I know you've got a question you want to run by Andy on this election week of football. Sure do. You know, Andy, we're always on the lookout for the next best thing, the new thing out there. And it appears the new phenomenon in the world of gambling is political betting. The results from Tuesday were wild. At the beginning of a day, a 14-to-1 favorite turns into a 20-to-1 underdog in about a 14-hour period. The results were astounding a lot of, of course, big underdog money was paid off. But how much money would have been booked or generated had election betting been legal in Nevada? Are we talking like Super Bowl times 10 numbers here, Andy? I'd say that's probably a conservative estimate. You know, we have a, a show I do here in Las Vegas, and we have Jimmy Vaccaro on, who longtime Las Vegas bookmaker currently at the South Point, and they've put up odds on various things throughout the years, even though you couldn't bet on them. He put up odds on uh, uh, who shot JR way back in the 1980s just for <laughs> entertainment purposes. Of course, Nevada re restrictions have loosened up a little bit. You can now bet, for example, on the Heisman Trophy winner, the Cy Young Award winner, so maybe it's not too far in the in the future that you can or that you will be able to vote on uh, political events. And uh, Jimmy's opinion, which I greatly respect and which I agree with, says it would dwarf anything we've ever seen before. Number one, you'd have a long election cycle up. Whether you're talking president, you'll have basically a four-year window right. where you'd be putting odds up for 2020 right now for the potential candidates. As the field changes, you'd have uh, more and more uh, action coming in as you get closer to the, to the primaries and then to the election itself. And then, of course, you add in the individual state results and what they could do with, you know, who's going to win the state of Maine, etc., or uh, Trump, uh, or, or in this case, Clinton, minus, uh, you know, 62 and a half electoral votes. The action that you would see on betting elections uh, would be uh, astronomical and would dwarf anything we've seen in the NFL, anything we've seen in the Super Bowl. And, of course, it's legal elsewhere. And in fact, a lot of folks uh, have been able to go faraway places and make some uh, sizable wages, both winning yeah. and losing on this past election. 
I guess, Andy, that all comes down to that uh, to the gaming commission's philosophy of taking and accepting wagers or plays on events that are determined on the playing field, as opposed to maybe projecting what can happen with human events in, in being involved in that. But as you say, the end result is it could end up being astronomical if it were to happen, and I wouldn't be surprised if, because money's involved, something like that just may end up occurring. Andy, I, I before I let, I was gonna, oh, go ahead. Was gonna I'm sorry. Me, go ahead. Mark, that I think part of the restriction was uh, back in the days that the, the the gaming commission did not want anything to be uh, bet upon where subject to a vote where the results could be influenced by a uh, significant portion of the betting public in that in this case for example the academy awards the numbers involved to determine the outcome of that are so small that you could have a significant portion of the uh, of the electorate in that case determine the outcome in advance when you're talking about political elections where you're talking about millions of people voting even in the Heisman where you're talking about a thousand people from different parts of the country it's unlikely that any one individual or a small group of individuals can uh, can influence the outcome. As a result, that's why we've seen those restrictions uh, uh, re re uh, relaxed in recent years. Andy Isco from TheLogicalApproach.com in Las Vegas, visiting with him a great segment once again on the show this week. And Andy, if you would let our listeners know what you're looking at on the pro football card this week. I'm going to look at the game between the uh, Minnesota Vikings and the Washington Redskins. Washington, of course, uh, rested after last week following their tie in London the week before against Cincinnati. Minnesota losing for a third straight time this past week, this time in overtime against Detroit with some uncharacteristically sloppy play at the end of regulation that enabled Detroit to get the winning field goal. And then, of course, Detroit scoring in overtime. Minnesota is still a very solid defensive ball club. The offense has a lot of issues. Of course, we know about the replacement of offensive coordinator North Turner. His resignation last week didn't really seem to uh, stir things up initially, at least in the first performance out. I'm going to look for this to be a relatively low-scoring game. I'm going to stay under the total between Minnesota and uh, Washington. You can probably get around a 40-and-a-half or a 41 right now. Wouldn't be surprised if it comes down a little bit. Washington well-rested on defense, and they've shown some improvement since the start of the year. And, of course, Minnesota makes its reputation strictly on defense. And my guess would be is that if this game ends up going over the total, it will be the result of one and perhaps even two defensive or special teams touchdowns, which you cannot handicap. So based on the fundamentals, I'm going to look for this to be a low-scoring game. Andy Isco from TheLogicalApproach.com in Las Vegas goes under the total in the Vikings-Redskins football game this week. And I know Victor from the totals tip sheet would also concur with that particular play. Andy, as always, a great job on the show this week. I'm going to look forward to talking with you next week as we talk a little bit more about the National Football League, the College Football League, with our soon-to-be President Donald Trump also in the conversation. Have a great week, Andy. Well, it's only appropriate that a guy who was involved with the USFL is now coming full circle. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Have a great week. A great commentary. Andy Isco from TheLogicalApproach.com on the show. Don't you go away, guys. When Victor and I come back, we're going to put the final wraps on this show. I'll share with you our awesome angle of the week. Victor and I are complimentary plays as well. When we're back with the final segment here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread.
The all-new Playbook Cube is hands down the easiest to use sports information app on the market today. Whether it's lines, scores, streaming alerts, newsletter downloads, injuries, or betting tools, the Playbook Cube has it all. To download your Playbook Cube free of charge, simply visit the Apple App Store, the Google Play Store, or the Amazon Store. Find out for yourself why the Playbook app received a five-star rating. Only on the Playbook Cube will you find sports pages covering every NFL and college football team, college and NFL coaches and NFL starting quarterback spread records, power ratings, football newsletters, and much more. That's the Playbook Cube, C-U-B-E. It's where day trading meets sports gaming. Get your cube today and start winning tonight. There's a storm coming, a firestorm. Get ready to raise your game because watching sports will never be the same. Introducing FireFan, it's a game changer. Finally, a sports app that puts you into the game. You predict the scores, you call the plays all in real time while you watch and compete against celebrities, friends, family, and other diehard sports fans. The more you call it, the more points you can achieve. Be a loyal fan and earn loyalty rewards. Don't miss the hottest sports app of the year. FireFan, ignite your passion. Download your FireFan app today at FireFan.com. Enter player rewards code, FREEFIREFAN. That's player rewards code, FREEFIREFAN. Play the game, fan the fire, earn rewards. And now, the moment you've been waiting for. From the hot South Florida sun, it's Mark Lawrence with his awesome angle of the week. Welcome back, everybody. We're going to go against the spread with our awesome angle of the week on the final segment on the show this week. We're going to call it Ain't No Stopping Us Now. And it comes directly from our Playbook Football Newsletter. It's our awesome angle in the newsletter this week. We'll share it with you on the show here this week. What we look to do is to play on any five and four college football team in game 10 of the season if they're off two wins exact if they were a bowl team last year and scored 27 or more points in their last game and are taking on an 875 or less opponent these teams are five and four on the season playing with momentum bowl teams last year want to get right back there again this year our ain't no stopping us now plays this week have gone 14 and three against the spread since 1990. Two plays qualify on the football card this week. They'll be on Colorado State and Indiana for our ain't no stopping us now awesome angle plays this week. And with that, I'm going to hand it off to Victor King from King Creole Sports for his top complimentary play. And Victor, if you would, also let our listeners know what you've got on tap at the red hot King Creole Sports this week. Absolutely, Mark. A good week for the totals tip sheet. Our second 3-0 sweep of the season last week. And three more over-unders. You can get this week's issue at playbook.com, along with the Playbook newsletter, which had a good week last week, and the midweek alert, which we put out on Wednesday evenings. All three publications, of course, available at playbook.com. For our service, it's been a good year in college football. With that said, we're actually off our first losing Saturday in the last six weeks. Although looking at the sportsmonitor.com website, our King Creole service still ranked in the top four in college football for the season. So we'll gladly take that. And uh, we made up for that losing Saturday with a nice Sunday in the NFL. Our service went four, one, and one. 
And in fact, we were a 96-yard kickoff return away from going a perfect 6-0. and That was in the Dolphins-Jets game as the Jets plus four was our underdog of the week. And of course, at one point, they were up 23-20 to late in that game until they, A, went offsides on a kickoff, and then B, on the re-kick, gave up a 96-yard kickoff return to the Miami Dolphins. So we were on the under and the Jets in that game, and it's... Instead of going 6-0, we went, ended up going 4-1-1. One, and, one. and, of course, we will gladly take that. Our four-star over of the week was in the Chargers-Tennessee Titans game. And it's always nice when, as a handicapper, your four-star over of the week also happens to be the highest-scoring game in the NFL that week and the game that generated the most amount of offensive yardage. And that was the case with the Chargers and the Tennessee Titans. Now, Mark, there's a game this Sunday – we like a lot. It's going to be a five-star play, and I know it's a little early to call it a game of the month, so I'm not going to call it that. But it's a five-star best bet over the total nevertheless, and we'll have that up at the playbook.com website sometime on Friday if you want to join us for that uh, big, big play in the NFL. Now, I know Andy mentioned Vikings, Redskins under the total, and I'm going to agree with him. I'm going to add a little more fuel to his fire, if you will. And that's going to be our official NFL free play this week. So we're basically going low in our nation's capital. And no, I'm not talking about the 12-month-long vitriol surrounding our presidential election. I'm talking under in the Redskins-Vikings game. Like Andy mentioned, you know, the Vikings are the best road under team in the league by far. Their last 21 road games in the last three seasons have gone three overs, 15 unders, and two ties, and that includes one 10-2 over-under in non-division play. Of course, it looks like the wheels are falling off the cart for the Road Vikings, a team that was once, what, 5-0 and on the season, and now they have lost three straight in a row, all as favorites. Uh, here you go. In the second half of the season in the NFL from our database, game nine or greater teams off three straight favorite losses in a row have gone 0-8 over-under. When the over-under line is 45 or less points, and that is the case this week, as we're somewhere, as Andy mentioned, uh, 40, 41 points in this Vikings-Redskins game. Of course, last week, it was an overtime stunner as the Vikings lost to the Lions. Non-division road underdogs off a home overtime win have gone 0-7 over-under in the last five years. Of course, the Redskins, they're off that tie against the Bengals in London, and they're off a week of rest as well. We we note that non-division home teams after their bye week have gone one and eight over under in the last three years when the over under is forty five or less points. So I'm in total agreement with Andy. Vikings Redskins. This is going to be our under of the week on the podcast. Let me touch on two more games very very quickly. You know we've been on the Chargers overs, uh, and they've gone seven and two this season. For multiple games, if you're thinking of going over in their game against the Dolphins, I would think twice. The last 12 meetings of this Dolphins-Chargers series have all gone under the total. Zero overs, 12 unders, only 34.8 combined points per game. And finally, Mark, in this San Francisco-Arizona game, Andy was touching on the big point spread as the Cardinals are favored by almost two touchdowns. From a game flow or a game script perspective, this one also looks like a strong underplay, and it makes sense. Uh, think of it this way. The double-digit division favorite gets out to a big lead. 
Maybe by halftime, they're up by double digits. Maybe they're up by 14. Maybe they're up by three touchdowns already. Either way, game flow or game script says that this division favorite tries to run out the clock, slow things down, play conservative in the second half. The next thing you know, they've won, they've covered, and the game goes under the total. So that's got potential under as well, the Arizona-San uh, Francisco game. And don't forget, we got a big five-star this week. Again, it's not a game of the month, but it's a five-star. Nevertheless, it'll be up on the website on Friday. Victor King from King Creole Sports likes a few unders for complimentary plays in the show this week. Minnesota-Washington being his main complimentary play on the football show. A great stat in that San Diego-Miami game as well. Be sure to join Victor at Playbook.com for all of his selection plays this week in college and pro football, if you will. Also, a quick reminder here that our friends at MyBookie have got a 100% sign-up bonus in effect right now. All you need to do to take advantage of a 100% sign-up bonus at MyBookie is give them a call toll-free at 1-844-866-BETS. That's 1-844-866-2387. Mention Playbook and get your 100% sign-up bonus at MyBookie.ag this weekend. I also want to remind our listeners that my NFL game of the month is going to kick off this week. We've had great success with this particular play last month. Our winning play also cashed big time in big fashion with Seattle plus the points against Arizona. It's all part of another $99 football weekend of winners when you join me this weekend for all of my college and NFL plays, including the NFL game of the month. To do so, simply log on at playbook.com or call me toll free to get on board for the $99 Football Weekend of Winners at 1-800-321-7777. My complimentary play on the football show this week comes directly from the Playbook Midweek Alert football newsletter this week. We're going to take a look at the Georgia-Auburn football game here this week. And if you take a look and you polled every one of the sports talk shows around America when it comes to college football, they're all talking about how the big Alabama-Auburn showdown game is going to be for all the marbles in the SEC West. The winner of that game likely to win the Southeast Conference, go into the championship game. The one thing they're forgetting is that Auburn needs to beat Georgia this week to make all of that happen, and I don't see that happening. You take a look at this Georgia football team. They got out to a slow start this season. There's no question about that under new head coach Kirby Smart. But since October... This team has reeled off five consecutive stat wins in a row, winning those games by over 100 yards a game, the Georgia Bulldogs are. They're playing their best football right now. Auburn comes in here. The last four times they've gone between the hedges on the field in Athens for this football game, they've lost all four games straight up and against the spread. The last time they won there was in 2005. And that was when Tommy Tuberville was the head coach for Auburn going back that far. You also take a look at here, the Tigers now double-digit favorites against Georgia. This is a Georgia football team, friends, that since 1980 – is 140 and 39 straight up at home with only 18 of those 39 losses by a double digit margin. You add it all up here. I think Georgia, the hungrier football team wins this game straight up on the playing field. I'll play Georgia plus the points against Auburn for my complimentary play on the football show this week. And that's going to put the final wraps in this edition of Mark Lawrence against the spread for our co-host Victor King from King Creole Sports, our good friend Andy Isco from TheLogicalApproach.com in Las Vegas, and our good friend Jack Reynolds, who we know is listening from above. Until next week, once again, this is Mark Lawrence reminding you to always to remember to bet with your head, 
not over it, and good luck as always.